Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I am Scott Pianowski, and we are presented, as always, by Planters, satisfying your snack cravings for over 100 years. Do you know what satisfied me today? It's Wednesday, September 30th. Wall-to-wall Major League Baseball playoff games. Eight chances to be right, to be wrong, to get over to BetMGM, our partners. Uh, if, if you haven't done so already, new users get a $25 bonus upon registration. No deposit required. can be used immediately, and you also receive a 100% deposit match up to $1,000 with your first deposit. You can sign up at betmgm.com slash yahoo. Promo valid for new users in New Jersey, West Virginia, Indiana, and Colorado that are 21 years or older. Terms do apply. So we got wall-to-wall baseball. We're not going to talk about it today, but we're going to revel in it. Our goal today is to talk to my good friend Dalton Del Don and try to figure out what's going on in the NFL. Hello, degenerate, uh, if I say that lovingly, degenerate Mr. Del Don, how are you? What's going on, Pino? You said it well, man. Yeah, it's a lot to be satisfied in sports right now. All the MLB playoffs and NBA finals starting. So yeah, it's a a lot of football we're going to get to. So yeah, it's it's a good time right now to be a sports fan. Now, we we don't have time to go through all the baseball stuff. We're just not going to talk about that because this is a football podcast. But I'd be remiss. I know you're a big NBA guy. The NBA finals are going off tonight. By the time people listen to this, um, there'll already be a game deep. But I'm just curious. Let's get it on the record. What's your NBA finals prediction? I think the Heat have a chance, but LeBron's going to win. But at plus 275 or something, I don't know. I would be interested in the Heat. But LeBron's going to get it done, ultimately. They're, they're the favorites for, for the right reason. I mean, for a reason. Really good defense. I'll just be transparent. I think I'm trying to talk NBA here because anything to keep us away from the Broncos and Jets, that's our <laughs> Thursday night game. That's what they gave us. Uh, this isn't exactly Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. I guess we have to pay the tax for that. It sounds like Brett Rippon will get the start. For the Broncos, uh, the the same Sam Darnold, Adam Gase show. I, I still think Sam Darnold can be a good player when he escapes Adam Gase whenever that happens and, and escapes from New York. Uh, the line right now at, at BetMGM is the Broncos a one-point favorite. The total really low. In a year with his points all over the place, this total is 39.5. Dalton, what do you make of the Thursday game? Uh-huh. Um, so it's funny. I believe the Broncos coach did refer to him as Mark Rippon when announcing he's going to start. No joke. Um, so I'm Sounds sure good to me. I will try to do the same. The 91 Redskins show up, right? Yeah. So, yes. Uh, Adam Gase, supposedly his job is on the line here, and you never feel great about backing uh, a coach team of his. But I am going the Jets here. I found myself even adding their fantasy defense in a few uh, leagues in the short week. Uh, their defense is 
been a, a actually a severe funnel. 31 against the pass, three against the run. We'll see if Ripping can take advantage of that. I do like KJ Hamler in deeper fantasy leagues. Uh, fun fact, the Jets have missed an NFL high 47 tackles this season. The Bears have missed eight. So uh, there are a lot of different ways to identify coaching, but it's pretty funny when one so glaring like that even jumps out as well to fit the narrative. You know, when people talk about first coach fired and coaches on the hot seat, a lot of times I, I point to it's just so hard to fire a coach in season because you're digging up yeah. infrastructure. Maybe you're anointing somebody you don't want to anoint as a coach if he does well as an interim coach. But if you are going to fire somebody, usually the best time to do it is into the bye week or into one of these Thursday games, which is like a half bye week. So maybe Gase is coaching for his job. You, you said you like Tamler. Uh, you can get him at 32.5 receiving yards over under prop over at Bed MGM. That might be interesting. I know the Jets have been a good run defense, but Melvin Gordon, 62 and a half with Philip Lindsay, I would think probably not playing, or if he does play, you would think he'd be limited. I, I just think Gordon, he might need 23 carries to get there, but I, w- I would think he would get over 62 and a half pretty easily. I'm going to take the Jets in this game, not with any conviction, but uh, the Gordon prop looks interesting to me. Do you see anything on the player prop side, or is there anybody for fantasy you like here particularly? It was mainly Hamler and the fantasy defenses. I could even see Broncos, too. I have them both ranked as top 10 um, options here. I like the Gordon call if Lindsay does sit just because of the volume. Yeah, they're going to try to hide Rip and just give him so many touches there. So, yeah, I mean, it should be, you know, not not the funnest game. It's kind of funny coming off the Monday night matchup, although they didn't live up to expectations. But, um, yeah, uh, should be a low-scoring game, and I'm back in the holding my nose and, and back in the home dog here. Me, too. Me too. Um, in staff picks, well, we have to pick every game. I took the Jets, but this is not something I'm going to put my hard-earned cash on. But if you want to, again, we're not stopping you or, you know, get a player prop involved. That can give you something to watch on Thursday night. Now, before we get to the Sunday slate, we just want to mention that there is a situation, obviously, with COVID, where there's been some positive results with the Tennessee Titans. Right now, it sounds like maybe the Tennessee-Pittsburgh game might be a Monday or Tuesday game. We're not sure exactly what might happen to the Minnesota and Houston game, Tennessee played Minnesota last week. So those games are off the board right now at BetMGM, and we're not going to discuss them for the point of this preview. There's just too much in flux. It's a fluid situation. So if you're looking for previews of those games, uh, you know, we'll try to get you later in the week when we have some clarity about when they're playing and exactly who is on the field and who isn't. So that's the story there. Let's get to some fun stuff. Indianapolis Colts at the Chicago Bears, the Nick Foles era has started, but uh, BetMGM says now the Colts are the favorites here. Two and a half point choices, and the total is 44 and a half. Are you buying three and no bears, or uh, are you going to take the Colts as a road favorite? I like the Colts here, and I know I've flipped back and forth with Rivers just saying it looked so bad week one, but he quietly does have 8.6 YPA, losing all the wide receivers on the Colts, but this defense is living up to the hype. They're number one in yards per play allowed, number one in DVOA. Uh, Nick Foles is, yes, he's an upgrade, but that still doesn't mean he's better than average. So I, I think the Colts win with defense and running here. So um, I'm actually going to take the, I, I like the Colts, even, even as the road favorite. Wasn't with much conviction. I did take Chicago in the staff picks, and at least for the Bears with Foles, I like the fact that they, for fantasy anyway, that they got Jimmy Graham going at the goal line. I think he's an interesting fantasy play now. Um, Robinson's probably better with Foles. The backfield is is obviously a narrower usage situation because Cohen's out for the year. So Montgomery, who I'll talk about later in DFS, I, I think he's a really good setup. 
But what makes me nervous is that when I'm in doubt on a game, if there's a coaching staff I like a lot more, and I like Frank Reich a lot yep. more than I do the situation in Chicago, it's hard for me to go that route. But I just don't like laying points on the road, even with no fans. I don't like laying points on the road. So I have a very weak lean towards Chicago, but I can't say it's, it's a conviction play for me. Good call with Jimmy Graham. Just $10 in Yahoo DFS. I believe he led all tight ends in routes run last week, too. So, I mean, you see that volume, especially at the goal line. I mean, yeah, he's, he's definitely worth considering at that price. Man, what a crazy top 10 tight end board it was, too. There are like three or four guys you maybe could have played and a bunch of guys that yeah. weren't started or even rostered in Yahoo. So go see if Jimmy Graham's out on your waiver wire. It might be a good pickup. The New Orleans Saints, all of a sudden, they're in a must-win situation. They've lost their last two games. and They, they haven't looked very good doing it other than Alvin Kamara, I guess. So they go to Detroit, fresh off a win. They upset the Cardinals last week. The Saints on the road, a, a minus four favorite. Totals 54 and a half. We're going to see a lot of juicy totals this week. As they've, Man, I, I wish I just pounded the over for three straight weeks. I'd be rolling in it. I'd be coming here from a beach right now. But uh, what do you make of the Saints and Lions? So with the caveat that none jumped out to me this week is my favorite. I made this my best bet in staff picks. I took the Lions, the home dog. Um, I, I just can't. I, I love the coaching, right? Um Saints are vulnerable up the middle, as we talked about on yesterday's pod with Harmon. I think Hawkinson can do some damage. Stafford had 12 touchdown passes in four home games last year in this system. And with Galladay returned last week, he started throwing the ball more down the field. I know Lattimore may be locked on him here. And the Lions have an awful run defense. I mean, I'm going to suggest you go ahead and put in Kamara in your fantasy lineups this week. But no, four points, uh, home team, the Lions. I think this is a toss up. Like, uh, yeah, no, I, I, more than the three, I like, I like the home dog here. I'm working on the running back shuffle up that will come out probably around when this podcast does on Thursday. And, and my big thing is going to be, is, is it Kamara? If you were picking first right now, would Kamara or Elliott be the number one pick, do you think? It would be Kamara for me just because the way Breeze looks. He's throwing average eight, uh, attended air yards is 4.8. Next lowest is six. I mean, he's just not even looking down the field at all. 41 and a half years old. I just think all those extended handoffs. I mean, how many targets is Kamara going to get? I mean, yeah, it's the second most fantasy points by running back uh, ever through three weeks. And he has 31 carries. That's that's absurd. So, um, yeah, it's coming from someone that has uh, not too much Kamara. And, and I, uh, I'm just whatever happenstance mostly. But, yeah, he would be my number one pick right now. I mean, I guess the argue, argument for Elliott would be he never comes off the field. Maybe his body type is more suited towards the workload you get over a full season. I don't know if the Saints can get away with using Kamara this much. You just, you know, because he just doesn't have the same body type, you know, the same BMI. But, man, he sure looks. And what about that touchdown against the Packers, right? Yeah, he I was, know. like, tiptoeing through the tulips, right? Didn't he look like he was running? I think the, the speed of the offensive lineman was faster than, than Kamara on that play, which it didn't reflect It was awesome. Well. He just totally waited for the block. It was, it was really awesome. You couldn't tell if, what was happening at first, but, yeah, it was amazing. I had to watch that replay a couple of times. And let me be clear, I don't think it's like a slam dunk over Elliott. And he's mm-hmm. being used in, as, a, as a receiver quite a bit, the targets last week, too. So I think it's a close call. And you bring up a great point about durability. I think Zeke is safer for sure. I did take the Saints here only because when I started to, to pick the Lions, uh, I don't know, somebody sent a jolt, an electric shock through my Patricia. body. I, I just yeah. couldn't do it for Patricia. But you make a good point. I mean, Stafford was so good in this offense for two months last year. They're a totally different offense with Galladay back. Even if he does get canceled out by Lattimore, it, it just sets up so many other things on the field. And I like that they're starting to get Hawkinson more involved. I feel like he's a breakout waiting to happen. I don't know why Iowa gets all these great tight ends, right? Kittle and Fant and Hawkinson all went to the same school. And Andy Barron's did not play tight end at Iowa, but he, he went there too. Um, so I took the Saints because of the coaching. But I again, I don't like laying points on the road. And it, this game makes me a little bit nervous. I mentioned the Lions fresh off that defeat 
of Arizona. Now Arizona goes on the road to play Carolina, who somehow, man, I can't figure the Chargers out. I mean, they looked so good in that game against Kansas City, and then they looked like they just met for the first time, and Carolina took them down. So Arizona is just a three-point favorite in this game. The total is 52.5. What say you, Cardinals-Panthers? I think partially what we need to reevaluate is the whole Chargers Chiefs game where Kansas City was just playing the okie doke. They just did. They just did, they were just playing two weeks of advance for the Ravens game, one hundred percent in hindsight. I didn't not realize that, but it was quite clever of Andy Reid and company. But. I have Carolina in this game. They've actually gotten more yards per play than Arizona. Um, Kyler Murray's been a better fantasy quarterback than real life. He's, you know, on pace for a thousand rushing yards and already the same amount of rushing TDs as last year, but throwing more picks than, than TDs. And uh, yeah, I think this should be a relatively close game. So uh, give me the home dog. I lean towards Arizona only. I thought maybe the Carolina win might have been a little bit misleading, more of the Chargers losing the game than the Panthers really winning it. With all the turnovers, they, they got lucky to play a rookie quarterback on his second start. But there is a lot to like with Carolina. I'm encouraged that they've used Robbie Anderson on an expanded route tree. And, and look, Mike Davis, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but what was he, 60% of McCaffrey last week? I mean, he was very fantasy playable. And I would think that's going to continue as long as McCaffrey is out. That um, Where I have Davis, I'm not even thinking about him. That's That's how much... The running back landscape is a mess right now. But if you have Mike, Mike Davis right now, I don't think there's any decision. I don't think I'm going to field any start-sit questions on this guy this week. I, I think he's an automatic plug-and-play. No question. He has like 18 targets last six quarters. Uh, I have him as my eighth running back right, right yeah. now, ready this week. I mean, look at the – yeah, for sure. I'm with you. And he even gets the goal line uh, work too. So, yeah, just follow the volume and the targets, man. He's getting – he's right up there with any back in the league right now. I'm leading Arizona in this game. The thing I'm trying to figure out is – I think we've all been waiting for Andy Isabella to get a role in this offense. I don't understand why that is. Don't put him on the field and let him run nine routes all day and stretch a defense. He had the two touchdowns last week, but they were shorter ones. He didn't get that many snaps. He didn't run that many routes. So what do you do? Do you bet on the usage he's been getting and think, well, it's kind of risky. He won't be on the field enough. Or do you think, well, maybe they think they have something there and they expand his role. I, did, did Isabella intrigue you in maybe deeper formats or as a DFS play? Def, a stash. You want him on your bench right now, see what happens. I mean, you can't really rely on him unless you are you know, really deep league, but absolutely worth a stash. I mean, Kirk, you know, doesn't look great. So, uh, yeah, he's just been so productive on a per-target basis, Isabella. So yeah, he's absolutely worth a bench, a bench spot for sure. Is this the week? We keep waiting for Kenyon Drake to have a breakout game. Is it going to happen this week? I mean, the hate, love the Drake, hate the Drake joke is just getting so redundant for me because um, it's so true. Uh, yeah, you got to love him again in, um, in this matchup. But um, yeah, I mean, the Panthers have allowed by far the most fantasy points to, to running backs. So roll with them again. The targets is, is honestly a concern for the season for him. If you have him in a PPR league, the targets are just way down. I think he'll score more touchdowns and things will get better. But uh, it's been a, yeah, a concerning start. But absolutely fire him up this week and then maybe try to trade him away if he has a big game. Because he actually was very monstrous and then then disappeared last year in the final half of the year when he overcame when he became the feature back. He had big games with some 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 real quiet ones mixed in as well. I know stash everybody can be the cheapest advice, but I implore everybody to have Chase Edmonds on your bench if you can. I look with with what we might have this week, it's possible games could get postponed. Obviously a lot of very good players are going to be on your IR, are going to be on your bench. So you may not have that much pliability yet, but just you're going to want Chase Edmonds at some point this year. It's not going to be this week, but I think it's going to be eventually. So let me just tuck that note in your ear. You know, the Jacksonville Jaguars, just when I got all excited for Minshew, um, maybe DJ Chark is a really huge miss for that offense because they, they didn't do much right against Miami. Now they go to Cincinnati, still waiting for Joe Burrow. Did they give him half of a football for the tie at Philadelphia? I'm not <laughs> sure. 
Uh, the Jaguars are catching three in this game, and the total is 48 and a half. What make you the Jaguars and Bengals? Yeah, the spread's right here, but um, I took the points. Uh, one team's coming off extra prep time, whereas the other's playing five, just played five quarters. Uh, Cincinnati's really interesting because they quietly rank top 10 in defense, but have gotten the fewest yards per play on offense. Uh, Burroughs made some some nice fantasy lines, but uh, the volume has really helped him there. Obviously, he looks good, and he's going to get better from a, from a an efficiency standpoint. Uh, fun stat I came across this week, James Robinson had 158 touchdowns in high school. Uh, it's funny when you consider him, you know, a non-pedigree guy, but these guys were just so, so good just a couple years before that. But I'm, I'm so in on James Robinson. So uh, give me the Jags, and I think Minshew bounces back. Let me ask you this. I'm going to take the Jaguars, too. I like for the reason you, you know, the extra time to prep against a team that just went the full five quarters. You know, they didn't just play overtime, but they went the, the full 70 minutes. Would you wrap this guy sound crazy? maybe a week or two ago, but would you rather have James Robinson or Joe Mixon the rest of the season? Oh man, that's a good one. Probably Robinson. You know, Harmon asked me yesterday, uh, Robinson or Julio Jones. And I think he uh, thought I was crazy when I said Robinson, but um, you're, you're the guy who worries about injuries, right? That's not insane with a guy dealing with a hammy, right? But, but isn't it crazy? You're uh, Julio yesterday and now Joe Mixon, who I liked as like my number eighth overall player entering the year. So it's crazy. And I honestly might say Robinson to both. You know, my my point with Mixon before the season was that he's beaten a bad setup before. Because people are like, well, what if the team's bad? What if the offensive line stinks? And I'm like, well, he's always been in a bad setup. And he's ended up being a good fantasy player by the end of the year when you totaled it all up. There are some bumpy weeks aside. So I'm hoping that they figure this out. I'm, I'm hoping that Mixon comes around. I have him on some teams. I need him. I also have a couple of Robinson shares. Not nearly as much as I wish I did. And it's a shame. Robinson's one of those guys. If you were in on him when he first became a factor when you know, when they got rid of Fournette and everything you could conceivably have him on just about every one of your teams yeah. you didn't need to like him that much he wasn't wasn't that expensive um fortunately I was able to get him in the super league that we're both in that 20 team nice. that that feels like a nice. double hit in that league where everybody's scrambling just to put a lineup on the field but I think Mixon will come around. I'm not as optimistic about A.J. Green. In, in fact, I, oh, I'm glad nice. that Auden Tate's getting on the field because the 19 looks like an 18. And then you saw T. Higgins with a couple of the short touchdown catches last week. I know A.J. Green is all the air yards. I, I know he still has some talent for being on the field and being somebody defense's respect, but I think their best receiver is Boyd, and I think the touchdowns are going to go to other guys. I think the Higgins thing is real. I, I would not give up on Sample if you, if you have one more week just to see where that goes because he did look good two weeks ago. But I want no part of A.J. Green right now. This could be a good week for uh, the Bengals passing attack. The Jaguars rank uh, last in pass defense DVOA and top 10 in run. What if T. T Higgins takes over some of those air yards uh, from A.J. Green? If he, he does look more and more washed, man, I'm, I'm going more on your side there. And Tyler Boyd looks like he's going to be like top 15 type PPR potential moving forward. So, yeah, Higgins probably was picked up in most leagues uh, after last week. But potential for more if Green you know suffers the inevitable injury or just gets faded out because those opportunities are only going to last so long until you uh, execute them. I just hope they can keep Burrow healthy because, again, the offensive line has not played well. They're doing a ton of passing. He's taken some real shots. He actually even left the game, I think, for a snap yeah, or two against did. Philadelphia. Well, this is a slate I don't like, but this is a game that I immediately had to pick. It just, I did no deliberation. Cleveland at Dallas, uh, the, the Cowboys are four and a half point favorites. The total's 55 and a half. This just number looks low to me. I thought this should be a full touchdown. Dallas tends to play better at home. Yeah, they shouldn't have beaten the Falcons, but they easily could have beaten a good Seattle team. That game was on the road. I see the Browns beating some lousy teams, but there's still a lot about the Browns I don't like. I know they have a pretty good running game, but I still don't trust Cleveland. I think Dallas gets right at home. This was my best bet of the week. 
Oh, man, it was it was one of my favorite, too. I'm totally with you. I thought this line should have been like seven and a half or something. Uh, Browns are have the better record, but the worst point differential. Um, they, they just want to win by running the ball. So when they get behind in this game, uh, could spell trouble for Mayfield. Man, I, I was on tilt last week. CD Lamb, I guess, was banged up on a punt return, which is why Cedric Wilson came in in the slot and got all those. I have he's he's by far my number one uh, most uh, rostered player is Lamb on all my teams this year. So very frustrated of that. But hopefully he's uh, he bounces back here. And I uh, totally, uh, I think Dak Prescott had twice as many touchdowns at home as he did on the road last year. A crazy YPA. So I, I see them getting right here, and, and I'm with you. That that line looks short to me. And I think I think I have this right. Dallas is one of the few stadiums where they're actually allowing people in the stadium, yep. right? Yeah, uh, I believe you're right. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah, yes. so I, I'm not really sure why that is. I know Jacksonville is one of the teams that's allowed to have a home field advantage. Of course, we know that those fans can turn on the Cowboys if they play a bad first quarter. But if I can bet against Baker Mayfield... I'm happy to do it. I think. Dallas what about Wentz getting booed at home without at home without fans? Did you see that they 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 piped in Did booing pipe of in Carson Wentz? Yeah, Carson Wentz. That's unbelievable, dude. That's well. I fun. want to point out. I mean, we we heard that hubbub about Wentz wearing his hat on backwards. Um, Dalton's wearing his hat backwards. So apparently, you have the same shoddy work ethic, or you know, you're not the you're not the front man of Yahoo. I guess you're wearing your hat yeah. on backwards. How dare you disrespect this podcast, Dalton? I'm very lazy. I'm sorry. These days, yes, I, I, I go to the snapback. I know it's it's boring, and, and I'm lazy. I apologize. <laughs> well, maybe you can make it up to us with the Seahawks and Dolphins. Um, the Russell Wilson MVP show rolling right along. 14 touchdown passes in three games. I know it's it's a pinball league right now, but that's still ridiculous. And man, you know, it's funny. I have a lot of teams with Wilson, a lot of teams with Metcalf, a lot of teams with Lockett. You, somebody out there probably has all three of those guys. And what a, what a show that might be. Anyway, there's six and a half point favorites at Miami. The total 54 and a half. You know, the Dolphins didn't play well the first week, but they played pretty well against Buffalo, I thought, in week two. And of course, they controlled that game against Jacksonville in week three. What do you think of the Seahawks and Dolphins? I like the Dolphins here. Uh, obviously, Russell Wilson's awesome. He's on pace for 75 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, pretty crazy. Uh, this is a long travel for them. Uh, Seattle's the first team ever to allow 1,200 passing yards for the first three weeks, and they're almost at 1,300. Um, they've allowed 400 more yards to wide receivers than the next most team, so fire up Devontae Parker. Unclear about Tre- Preston Williams' health, but uh, I like Kasicki in this game as well. I actually ranked Fitzpatrick as a top 10 fantasy QB this week. I just like the match. They have extra rest um i think it's be a ton of pinball scoring in this and i'll take the points i'm gonna take the points too i, I like that they committed to miles gaskin and even though the box score didn't look great i thought he passed the eye test in that jacksonville game now you have to live with jordan howard is going to get the one yard touchdowns but I, I think eventually gaskin will start scoring from the three or the five or something like that and just the fact that i think he's over under for touches right now is probably like 19 or 20 i the fact that you can bank on a workload there makes him fantasy viable and you know, you talked about Wilson being on the pace for five interceptions. Let's remember the only interception he threw was a perfectly thrown pass to Greg Olson that totally you know forgot Olson, about that. Right. Olson didn't catch it. it. It just went up in the air and McCordy had an easy walk in touchdown. So you couldn't fault Wilson for that. And of course, he should have had another touchdown pass to Metcalf that you know Metcalf celebrated about a step yes. and a half early. Yep. Um, you know, nothing against Mahomes, but I think We've heard this narrative of you know, Wilson hasn't gotten, had never gotten an MVP vote. In a lot of years, it's just who was not going to vote for Jackson last year? Who was not going to vote for Mahomes two years ago? I do think Wilson was the better quarterback of the year. Cam Newton won, but Carolina had a much better record. I think they were, what, 14-2-15-1, something like that. Seattle only won 10 games. And like it or not, wins and losses do factor into MVP voting. I don't know if they should, but they do. 
But I think if Wilson's in the periphery of the MVP, I think there's going to be a swarm of, okay, it's almost like a lifetime achievement award that, that Mahomes will have to definitively be better than him or anybody else for Wilson not to win it this year. I totally agree with that. All that makes sense, the narrative and the fact their defense. By the way, Jamal Adams isn't playing in, in this game either, I don't think. He's banged up. So uh, that's, that's a loss as well. Uh, DK Metcalf, I wrote in my write-up that I think 20 touchdown catches are, are in play here. He led the NFL in end-zone targets as a rookie, and this is like such a narrow tree, and Chris Carson's banged up. Mm-hmm. It's just such a perfect setup. I, I really feel like Metcalf's going to you know, pay, uh, pay a visit to the end-zone basically every game this season, if, you know, averaging even more. I, do, you, do you think that's crazy? I don't. I have a lot of Wilson. I have a lot of the receivers. Again, I wish I had all three of them on the same team somewhere. And somebody in one of my leagues was trying. I have Metcalf. He has Wilson and Lockett. He was trying to trade for Metcalf, just figuring he's, you know, what a, what a bountiful offense that would be. Now, I, I didn't make a pick here. I actually prefer Miami on the, on the rest. I think Fitzpatrick against that Seattle defense I don't trust. You mentioned Adams, the safety being out. And Seattle hasn't stopped anybody, so I got to lean Miami in the points. But um, also, I think this game will go over. I'm I'm not much of a totals player, but I don't see anybody stopping anybody else in this game. I feel like the Seahawks can score as many points as they want, and I think Miami can can punch back. So, and it'll be a lot of passing with Carson out. Just all the more reason to let Russ cook and keep that MVP show going. But I have Miami hammering out a cover at the end of the day. The Chargers, man. I don't understand this team. They go to Tampa Bay. I, I thought Tampa Bay um, looked pretty solid business-like at Denver, although mostly their defense. Finally, a Gronkowski sighting. The Buccaneers are seven-point favorites in this game. A low total, just 43 and a half. I'd have to shade over on that total. What do you think of the Chargers and Buccaneers? I took the points, but I'm with you. What do you make of the Chargers right now? Tampa Bay's defense is for real. I believe number two in DVOA, but no Chris Godwin. How how healthy is Mike Evans? The two touchdowns were nice, but just two yards. Um, Keenan Allen, wow. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's going to be helped out with the QB switch, uh, although Carlton Davis has been pretty good uh, shutdown corner this year. I will take the points. Um, again, every single week, it seems to me Vegas is treating the Bucks as an elite NFL team, and maybe they are. They certainly haven't proven that there's some disaster, but um, I'm still taking a wait-and-see approach with them and Brady, and with the injuries, I'll, I'll take the points here. It's so hard to figure the usage. I mean, just when I thought you could trust Ronald Jones, then it seemed like it was going to be the Fournette show, and then it was Jones again last week, and you know, Gronkowski was invisible. He was more visible in week three. Godwin was hurt at one point. Then Evans was hurt. Now it sounds like Godwin's going to be out again. Scotty Miller's been a flash and fade guy. Uh, Brady, I think, looks every bit a 40-something quarterback. Maybe he doesn't look 43, but he looks at least 40 or 41 to me. Uh, you know, I'm not excited to play Brady. The only thing about Tampa Bay I feel like you can bank on right now is their defense. Yeah, no, their defense is legit, and it is the real deal. And um, they maybe they'll win this game, you know, against a rookie quarterback and put up a bunch of fantasy points too. That's certainly certainly in play. But um, uh, but yeah, Brady, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, the funny thing about Gronk, I would say, is that he was just trolling everyone. Yeah, I signed here to to block, and then immediately goes out and leads the team in targets. It's it's whatever. It's just, uh, such funny how the opinions can change weekly. And although it was it's a good reminder said- to not be certain, man. It's it's fun to have these takes and whatnot. But this, you know, it's a good reminder to not be certain. Oh, it's, a, it's a reshuffle league. It's a snow globe league and things change and you, you're going to have to change your opinion with the new information. I get that. Of course, he led the team with targets. It was still just seven. And it was actually, it reminded me of the Brady, the way he would spread things around when he first came into prominence with the Patriots, where they didn't really have a go-to guy. His favorite receiver was the guy who was open, the guy who was in the good favorable matchup. And maybe that's what this offense is going to be. A little stung last week with Joshua Kelly. I liked him against Carolina. He had a fumble in that game, didn't get a lot of usage. 
But if you're an Austin Eckler owner, you love the fact that he's getting all these catches again that he wasn't getting them with Terod Taylor, right? I mean, it seems like Herbert, the rookie, is comfortable. And you know, it's, it's funny. I, I think there's a, there's a disconnect that people don't understand sometimes. They'll talk about, oh, this team has a mobile quarterback that's good for the running game. And yeah, maybe it's good for the lanes and all that. Maybe it will open up some opportunities. But a mobile quarterback will also run some himself, will pick up some of the rushing touchdowns. And a lot of times the mobile quarterbacks, rather than dump the ball off, they take off. So it hurts a pass receiver. You see a lot of times that the pass receiving running back will get hurt. Taylor, Eckler, you know, the first week, they what one catch, right? I think it's almost your running back might be better with the, you know, with the stationary pocket quarterback because you lose a lot of that production if that quarterback's going to run himself. Yeah, mobile quarterbacks help your yards per carry, but can both take away at the goal line touchdowns. But also, that's with, without a doubt, in general, mobile quarterbacks throw to their backs at a, at a less frequency than the than than non than stationary ones. So Herbert targeted like eleven times last week. Eckler mm-hmm. looked fantastic. He's just going to be a monster in PPR as long as that QB stays that the situation stays that way. Right, and maybe Kelly is not in the circle of trust after that fumble because you know what, yeah. coach hates fumbles. That's uh, all. All coaches hate fumbles. The final game on the early slate, the Baltimore Ravens, who, man, did, did they lay an egg not ready for prime time against the Chiefs on Monday night. Now they go to Washington, the short trip, to take on the Washington football team. And Dalton, I don't, I don't like laying points on the road. I don't like laying double digits. The spread is 13. Total is 46.5. But I'll tell you what, I can't take Washington. I cannot back Haskins anymore. I feel like he's a, a three-turnover party to go every week. And I, I think Baltimore's in a bad mood. I know it's a short it's a short prep week but at least it's not a long trip i mean you know it's basically the beltway although you never know really with traffic on the beltway but i think baltimore's going to play bully here i don't feel confident washington's going to score a lot of points i think this is going to be like a 37 to 10 game laying 13 on the road i'm going to do it i I would not fault you here at all you know when i sent the picks in I, i went washington thinking that's a massive line on the road, especially with a team with one of the best defenses in, in, in the NFL. But now I could see myself switching on my fantasy pros picks by, uh, by game time here. The Ravens are going to be fired up uh, after that performance, and Haskins playing from behind could be a disaster. And, and also the more I think about it, just Chase Young and Matt Ioannidis are both probably going to be out here. So that, you know, they're not going to be the best defense. So um, I, I'm actually wavering on that. So I definitely wouldn't fault you. That's definitely not a P&L pick, a 13-point road favorite. No, I mean, I start off predisposed to take the underdog no matter what. And I think most of the time in the NFL, if you were to take the double-digit dogs over the long haul, you'd be in pretty good shape. And as we transition to the afternoon slate, we have another one of these games, the Giants catching 12.5 at the L.A. Rams. The total is 47.5. And And what an embarrassment. The Giants basically played the San Francisco junior varsity. San Francisco was without their quarterback, their star tight end, their excellent running back, his backup, their number one receiver, um, one of the best defensive players in the league, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and they, they got the crack kicked out of them. I mean, they they played like they'd never played a football game before, and yet I took the Giants plus the 12-and-a-half. I don't like doing it. I'm holding my nose with all five fingers. What do you make of the Giants and Rams? Yeah, Niners 2-0 and at MetLife and 0-1 in San Francisco so far. Uh, I took the Rams here. I get. I don't like going against the Giants, a desperate team like that. Uh, but the Rams are also pretty upset after blowing that lead. I'd imagine. Um, I'm buying in on the Rams. I did not expect them to be this good this season, but I'm all in on Daryl Henderson. Take uh, like him his start this week. The Rams are kind of vulnerable against the rush. Giants running backs this season have rushed the ball 40 times for 72 yards. Man, 
Um, I'm, I'm leaning Rams and Survivor. I like them at 25 to 1 when I checked BetMGM last. Uh, I think um, Brian McVay, what he's doing, the, the offensive line is holding up so much better this season. So uh, Danny Dimes, you know, with some some hurt offensive weapons there, I could see that getting ugly with Aaron, Don- Aaron Donald in the second half. So I laid the wood. Yeah, I mean, the big problem with, with Dimes' his whole career, not just turning the ball fumbles. over, but he constantly fumbles. You can almost picture it right now. You know, Donald you know, coming from the blind side, whacking the ball away, the Rams getting a short field. Is it possible for fantasy there's just no right answer in the Giants' backfield? Oh, yes. I think that is it. Yeah, no. I, I, I didn't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Freeman will emerge. I just thought there were some crazy bids, man. There were some some like eight hundred and fifty dollar bids I saw, and I was uh, shocking to me. But but yeah, maybe it'll I, work out. But I was yeah. not offering for Devonta Freeman. I I still would like to see Wayne Gallman get a chance. Not I'm not saying he's great, but you know after seeing what Mike Davis is doing in Carolina, why can't yeah. Wayne Gallman be that kind of player? But maybe there's just no right answer in that Giants backfield. I'm still a Darius Slayton believer and. Yeah, I know he had a fumble last week, didn't have a great game. Nobody in the Giants had a great game last week, but I would still roll with Slayton where I could. Well, the Chiefs, man, they, they did everything right on Monday after kind of sleepwalking through that Chargers game. They got their, their act together when they needed to, and now they get a, another marquee game. They play the Patriots. They travel to Kansas City. New England catching the full seven. Over-under is 53-and-a-half. Can the best coach in NFL history slow down this Kansas City offense? Give me the Chiefs here. This is a tough one because I, I hate fading Belichick, obviously, but the defense has quietly been very mediocre, right? 27th against the pass in DVOA. And like I said, I, I think the Chiefs were just were just kind of messing around with the Chargers and not showing them any of their playbook. That's why I was like, is Mahomes hiding an injury when he was third last in, in average intended air yards? No, they, they claimed, oh, we're just taking what their give, defenses are giving. But no, they just aired it out like crazy against Baltimore. And I uh, suspect they'll bring their A-type playbook against the Patriots. Patriots here and it makes sense because getting that bye week is just so important since there's only one of them and they figured the Ravens you know were their main competition and obviously winning the head-to-head is like a two-game swing so impressed with the coaching staff and uh, Mahomes is quite clearly healthy and all that speed and I don't know Cam Newton maybe they take advantage of the Chiefs are very vulnerable against the rush but Newton playing from behind could be a problem. And, and Chris Jones, they, they get some pressure. So I like KC here. What what say you as a Pats fan? Yeah, I, I took the Patriots, not with a lot of joy. I mean, how could you – it's terrifying to bet against Kansas City. Just, Mahomes is so good. To think that their offense doesn't have a regular role for somebody like McCole Hardman, you know, in his right. speed. You know, uh, when, when they actually get contributions from Sammy Watkins, when, when they get – uh, a rookie running back like Edward Zelaire, who who you know has has had his moments. Obviously, every team is petrified of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill on every snap. And Mahomes is athletic. You know he can make he can make broken plays. He can he can run. He can extend the play. He can he, his arm can reach any corner of the field. That said, it was a big emotional win over Baltimore. Kansas City's on a short week. The Patriots, and, and man, they're a pain in the neck for fantasy. You know, 16 weeks, 16 game plans, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, good luck trying to figure out their backfield. I mean, everybody did a little bit of something. I mean, Burkett had the three touchdowns. Sony Michelle busted off a couple of long runs. J.J. Taylor, out of total obscurity, had a nice game. Eventually, they're going to get James White back. I'm not sure if it's this week. And Newton is probably the, the most imposing runner they have on the roster. They didn't use a lot of Newton last week. I wonder if that's because they had in mind this game, that this is where they unleashed like 18 Newton runs, you know. I don't know that you want to play that way all season, but I think New England's going to muddy the game up, going to shorten it, going to try to just wear down that Chiefs defense that isn't a great run defense. You know, what Baltimore probably wanted to do, but they fell behind so quickly. 
So I took the points. But anytime you're betting against Patrick Mahomes, it's terrifying. Yeah, it should be a fun one. Uh, I could see it going either way. Patrick Mahomes, what, did you see his numbers that flashed in September? It was absolutely insane in his career. Zero picks yet. And then last time they met, what, in the playoffs, uh, they solved him the first half, and then he figured it out the second half. So, yeah, this should be a fun one to watch for sure. Are you excited about anybody in that Patriots backfield, or do you think it's just a fool's errand to project it week, week to week? Yeah, probably a fool's errand. Uh, without James White, I kind of like Burkhead and PPR as a flex-type option, but White will probably come back, and then it'll be a muddled mess. Michelle, yes, he looked uh, better than usual, but, I mean, to me it felt like a couple of those plays could have he could have taken him to the house, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, he's fine, but, um, no, I'm not excited about it. Especially, you know, Newton's the best goal line runner in football. So uh, no thanks for the Patriots backfield. And I'm never, I don't think I'm ever going to go over the fact that in this rich wide receiver draft of 2019, they took Nikhil Harry in the first round. You know, not A.J. Brown, not Darius Slayton, not Debo Samuel, not D.K. Metcalf, and go on and on. And now, it's not their fault they don't have Hollywood Brown because he went before Harry. But and I know Harry was hurt last year, but I never watch him and think, oh, yeah, that, that looks like a first-round receiver. I just don't see it. I know, and he looks like the double whammy, too, of not going downfield and not breaking tackles, too. So you like if you're catching the short ones to break the tackles after. But, yeah, it's a, he's young still. But, yeah, it doesn't look great, especially when you compare it to the absolute monsters drafted after him at wide receiver. I mean, Bird might be their best receiver. Yeah, he looked good. He's looked, yes, every time he has the ball, it's like, oh, who's that? Yeah, no, Bird has looked good, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I picked him up in a couple of deeper leagues. Uh, Buffalo, man, 28-3 lead, and they tried to pull the Falcons and blow it. Then they got a favorable call on their final drive and and snuck out that win against the Rams. Now they go to Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders. It still doesn't sound right off the tongue. Beat the Saints really good game two weeks ago, and then they kind of threw up all over themselves against New England. They they played okay in the first half, probably deserved a better score than they had, and then New England took care of business after that. Buffalo spotting the three at Vegas, totals 51.5. What do you make of the Bills and Raiders? Give me the Bills here. Um, buying into Josh Allen, man. The last 13 full games, 33 touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, There's so much more play action. Uh, the offense is top three in yards per play. And now they're getting a Raiders D that I think second to last in DVOA. Now Damon Arnett might be out. Henry Ruggs and Brian Edwards are probably out. Definitely fire up Hunter Renfro. Cheap PPR option. Um, yeah, uh, give me the Bills here. Um, but, you know, I, I typically... Uh, I don't know. I've been typically fade the Raiders and, and I've been fading Josh Allen. So I've uh, been wrong on both a lot this year, but, but give me the bills. Yeah, I took Buffalo too. I, I'm still kind of a Gruden non-believer. And wasn't it interesting that, that Waller looked unstoppable two weeks ago? And I, I haven't got a chance to look at that game closely, the Patriots and Raiders game, but I, I just sure seemed like New England said, no, no, no Darren Waller today. I know he wasn't hundred percent for that game, but he was invisible they're without all sorts of manpower at wide receiver. It sounds like they're not going to have rugs. They're not going to have Edwards. And, and that's what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to be a track team at receiver and they can't really play the guys they want to. They had that opening night. I mean, even without fans, you, you know, it was a big deal when they opened Allegiant stadium and they ambushed the saints. I, I think Buffalo is a really well coached team. And I, again, maybe there could be a letdown after that win over the Rams, but um, give me Sean McDermott over John Gruden. That's the, the genesis of my bills pick. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Josh Jacobs could have a nice game here. It's set up for, for a nice game. So your 49ers uh, back in prime time to play the Eagles, who, who can't seem to do anything right. Although, you know, I'll defend them punting in overtime only because that, that AFC East is such a lousy division. A half win might actually have some value. Nobody else is running away from them. And if they don't make it, Cincinnati would have been one completion away from field goal range. I mean, maybe they just there was really no good call in that situation. But, man, do they look really 
like a lousy football team right now, obviously all sorts of cluster injuries on the offensive line. The other receivers can't get healthy. I mean, Greg Ward by default has turned into their primary receiver. And now they're, they're missing Dallas Goddard. Uh, the Eagles are catching seven at San Francisco. The total on the low side, 44 and a half. What do you make of the Eagles and Niners? I believe I went against my Niners the first three weeks, but um, I, I took them this week. I went back and forth on it. Wasn't super confident. Uh, I, Philly is so desperate animal, but man, Carson Wentz has just not been good at all. And they're the only, they're the other team that could complain about injuries like the Niners or Philadelphia. Don't really care who starts a quarterback in this matchup for San Francisco. Uh, their defense did suffer quite a bit of injuries. I'm not sure how long they'll continue to play well and just how bad those two New York teams are. Um, but I, I laid the points. This was a tough one for me. What do you think, Pino? I lean Philly. Um, more desperate. I still, I still think Wentz is a good player. I mean, granted, he needs pieces to work with. Although it's funny. I mean, I, I would have said to them, I, I know they drafted a first-round receiver, so it's not their fault that Rieger got hurt, but were they really counting on Deshaun Jackson and, and Alshon Jeffrey to, to be these healthy stalwarts? I mean, I, I could have told you before the season that was probably a bad bet. I know they probably thought that they could use a lot of two tight end personnel and, and Goddard looked like a breakout player before he got hurt. Um, the offensive line injuries. I, I don't know. I, I just, I just can't spot seven. I, I know that the Niners <laughs> easily beat dispatch of the giants last week. I just think Philadelphia's just a lot more talent and with the Niners probably missing so many key guys, I, I can't spot a big number in a, in a high profile game, but it's not like betting on the Eagles right now is, is a fun or confident thing to do. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Losing Goddard hurts too. Man, the offensive line injuries there. But yeah, there are two couple of mash units there. Uh, Brandon Ayuk passed the eye test. Uh, he's looking pretty good, man. They said his wingspan, same as Calvin Johnson, and he looks the part. And they're running the jet sweeps like they did Debo for him. And they don't really have anyone healthy there right now. So Brandon Ayuk definitely on the fantasy radar for sure. Love that. Yeah, you, you took the words out of my mouth. They opened up the Debo playbook you know, with, with the stuff that they run for Samuel. And they felt kind of the same way about Ayuk as they did about Samuel when they drafted him. They, they even had about similar draft capital. Kyle Shanahan's just amazing. I, I think Kyle Shanahan could just find 11 guys at the bus stop and, and turn them into a 30-point-a-week offense. I'm not sure Nick Mullins is that much of a drop-down from Garoppolo. I, I'm not meaning to slam your guy Jimmy G. He's obviously more handsome than Mullins, but did Mullins look that different to you? He didn't look that different to me. Yeah, Mullins is like the second most passing yards through nine career starts or something ever. Um, he's uh, it's it's I there's gonna I hope there's not a controversy because there are trying to become one. There are there are murmurs of saying that Mullins is better than Garoppolo, and you're talking to Jimmy G guy here. But uh, yes, the truth is uh, in that system, it's not a massive drop off, and Shanahan is just so important and uh, so many injuries. I don't know if you can overcome this, but uh, yeah, the system and, and and just the coaching in place is just so important in the NFL. And uh, yeah, Mullins is getting it done. He's been in the system for a while now, too. So he's going to play probably a little better than last time you saw him. But um, come on, man. When Jimmy get back there, he'll, he'll, he'll be out there. But the, the truth is, yeah, there's not like a, some humongous difference there. I don't know Greg Ward's DFS price off the top of my head, but I bet he gets another cheap five or six catches. If you could only, let's assume Mostert doesn't play this game. If you could only draft, start one niner running back, who would you be leaning towards? I would go McKinnon in this matchup because he really was getting, uh, assuming he is healthy enough, but he was getting all really was dominating the first three quarters of those touches. Mike Jeff Wilson came in and got me the two scores, and he could be a factor at the goal line. But the Eagles have better run defense. I could see more like passes. So I, I would give McKinnon the slight edge here. Um, yeah, we'll see uh, We'll see about Mostert. Um, all this situation remains up in the air for the Niners. I mean, like Kittle and Garoppolo, so many guys are questionable. And it's a Sunday night game to make it even harder. 
the thing I will say about Wilson though is I feel like his odds of scoring a touchdown have to be like eighty percent because <laughs> when they get near the goal line, when you in the NFL, we're seeing this with Jordan Howard. If you can punch in the short ones, they will go back to you. And yeah. you know that's been the the big thing with Mostert. As great as he is, he doesn't score a lot of short touchdowns and, and even get that many chances. The first week of the season, McKinnon I think had three rushes inside the five, and Mostert only had one. I, I think Mostert could score on those plays. I just don't know that they want to expose him all that often. I, Talking about this with Michael Salfino on one of our shows, but I, I think Wilson might be a guy who ends up scoring like nine touchdowns when the season's over. Yeah, they gave him the carries even when everyone was fully healthy a, a year ago too. So I mean, mm-hmm. the goal line carries. So yeah, and he can catch the ball. So absolutely, and the Niners should theoretically move it and score. And they don't like to they they like to run it inside the the ten too. So yeah, I mean Wilson's absolutely underrated in uh, especially like say non PPR where it's TD heavy formats for sure. I told you it was crazy last week in that twenty team super league. I was the only person who bid on Jeff Wilson. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of the boring name or something too. But McKinnon too, if they give him. They worked McKinnon like they did the first three quarters last game. That poor guy's not going to last much longer either. Well, hey, I, I have Kamara and James Robinson. Where am I going to play Jeff Wilson? That's I mean, a fair point. On. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> you already have, you're too busy getting James Robinson in the 20 team league that we're all that I was asleep at the wheel too. So yeah, yeah fair point. Lucky, lucky that worked out. Let's hope Kamara can stay healthy. If you need points on Monday night, you should get them. The Falcons and Packers total is 57 and a half, biggest of the week. Green Bay is a seven point favorite. I. I I just don't know what to say to my friends from Atlanta. You know, it just just keeps happening. But at least they're fun for fantasy. And the Packers, they they drafted all these guys they can't use. But did that draft pick of love in the first round, did it make Aaron Rodgers play better? I mean, he was middle of the road QBR and and accuracy last year. And now he's near the top of, of just about any quarterback leaderboard. What do you make of the Falcons and Packers on Monday? Yeah, it's wild. Draft a backup quarterback, third string running back in the second round. No wide receiver help. Devontae Adams gets hurt, and uh, Rodgers is second best career passing rating. Um, unreal. Um, the Falcons' first team to blow two 15 point fourth quarter leads in a season, I think, and they did it in back to back weeks. Um, but if you look at their resume, they face like the Seahawks at Dallas, the Bears, and now at Green Bay. It's been tough, and they've been competitive. Packers, uh, fun stat so far, they lead the NFL in yards per play, and they've allowed the most yards per play on defense. So it makes sense this game would be. Have you ever seen a higher NFL total than 57.5? I don't think I have. I'm trying to remember what the total was when the Chiefs and the Rams played a couple of years ago. I think that yeah, might have dipped into there. the 60 range. Oh, wow. Okay. Remember that famous game? Yeah. It lived up to the hype, right? I mean, it was like a 54-51 game or something like that. And then, ironically enough, then the Rams offense, the air kind of went out of the balloon after that. But, yeah, this is one of the highest in a a time where there's scoring all over the place. We've talked about there hasn't been a lot of holding. Um, Maybe the offenses are just ahead of the defenses. I I would actually like to see a few more stops. I think the scoring's been a little bit ridiculous, but whatever. As long as they can play the games, I'll be happy. Now it's time for our Ragu DFS Locks of the Week. I'm going to start with David Montgomery. Um, no Tariq Cohen. The offense, I think, is better with Foles than Trubisky. I don't think there's anything revolutionary about that comment. He's only $14, has a lot of volume pretty much guaranteed in a game where it should be competitive. Now, the Colts do like to play a little bit of a slower pace, so maybe we lose some snaps there. But I think Montgomery's a, a giveaway at 14 bucks. Montgomery's great. I like Mike Davis at 17 just because of all the targets. And let me just say Daryl Henderson at 23 at home. He's PFF's highest graded runner through three weeks. Um, Maybe that situation becomes a mess when Cam Akers returns again. But it looks like, to me, Henderson is the guy right now. And, I mean, Todd Gurley scored in NFL. 54 touchdowns in this system last three years on one leg last year nearly 13-point home favorites. I mean, I think I have Henderson ranked. Like, he could borderline top five fantasy back this week. So at $23, lock him in. We'll go to the fade list, and look, 
I was fading DeAndre Hopkins before the season, and I've looked comically wrong on that. I've already taken the loss. I took it in week one. But he's 32 bucks against the Carolina team, where I think they can win this game on the ground. I think Kyler might run one in. I think Arizona will just be playing clock ball in the second half of this game. So I, I just... I think you can get better values in the 20s at receiver. I, I just don't want to pay up for Hopkins at 32, and he'll probably make me look silly again. Yeah, right below there, uh, Galladay at 28 against Lattimore seems a little pricey. I'll throw a couple just cheap uh, bargain guys. Hunter Renfro, 13. Brandon Ayuk, 13. Jimmy Graham at 10. And if you're looking for a cheap defense, Cowboys at $10 at home is favorite against Mayfield on the road. Kind of like that one as well. I, mean, I love all those. I mean, Graham at the stone minimum. I think he's probably the most likely bear, not Allen Robinson. It's probably Graham who's the most likely Chicago bear to catch a touchdown this week. So I think that's a great play. Uh, Dalton, tell our fine listeners what else you're working on this week. Uh, my sit start column comes out first thing Friday mornings, and uh, yeah, man, I'm fired up to watch all these this sports. I got to turn on TV and see what happened here with, with baseball while we're talking football. And uh, if you want to check out my work, I'll be doing the running back shuffle up, which should be released right around when this podcast is released. I'll have the Injury wrap on Saturday, which is turned into the phone book. And then, of course, Fantasy Football Live, our flagship show, is on Sunday. And we'll have all the normal content that we have during an NFL game day. So I hope you check that out. And if you're a fan of podcasts, we have a lot of great ones over at Yahoo Sports. The, the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast with Charles Robinson Therese Paler is a great show. And they sneak in a lot of fantasy on their show every week. So check that out. And College sports making a big comeback. There's going to be Big Ten football this year. I'm excited about that. Uh, Dan Wetzel, Pete Thamel, and our old friend Pat Forty from Sports Illustrated. They do the Yahoo Sports College podcast, a great three-man booth. Uh, they've been together for a while, and they, they have great chemistry on that show. I hope you check that out. Of course, you can follow us on Twitter. Yahoo Fantasy is the Yahoo handle. I'm Scott underscore Pianowski. Dalton Del Don is my man D. And one more thanks to Planters, keeping us in snacks, keeping us in delicious, salty treats. I, I got a big bag of cashews right next to my couch, and I'll be munching on them all day Sunday. I don't know if I'll be munching on them Thursday night because I don't know if I can watch that football game, but I'll certainly be eating a bunch of cashews on the weekend. So thanks a lot, Planters, for being part of our family this year. Tomorrow, Andy Barron's Liz Loza. They're going to be breaking down all the Week 3 games, giving the stuff you need to know. Until then, for Dalton, for Ragu, I am P&L, straight cash homie. We are out. I'm Mike Lizikoff, Chief Investigative Correspondent for Yahoo News. And I'm Dan Clydman, Editor-in-Chief of Yahoo News. We're the hosts of Skullduggery, a podcast that not only breaks down the news, but also breaks news. We deliver authoritative analysis while drawing intriguing historical parallels from our decades of covering D.C. scandals. With our current focus on the president and his administration's handling of the coronavirus, to the 2020 elections, we interview those helping to shape the stories. So subscribe to and download Skullduggery wherever you listen to your podcast and be sure to follow us on social media at Skullduggery Pod.